All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome back, everyone, to The Real View. I am your host, Blaine Ward. This is episode two. You didn't think we'd get this far, did you? I am here today with a good buddy of mine, Mr. Jake Barrash. Jake, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing just fine, Blaine. Amazing. Well, today, we're just going to hang out, do what we normally do, talk some TV, talk some movies, just kind of chill out. That's what you're here for. Now, Jake, some people might know you, some people might not, uh, just for a little bit of your background. What are some of your favorite uh, movies and directors that you enjoy? I would say my favorite movie probably is probably The Social Network. Nice. By David Fincher. Fincher. Who is also one of my favorite directors. Oh, yeah. By far. Oh, yeah. La La Land, I would say. Nice. The Thing by John Carpenter. Yes. Another director I love. Great movie. Whiplash. Yeah. And probably maybe Spider-Verse, I would say. Spider-Verse. Those All are some of my picks. favorite movies. All solid picks. Yeah, man. That's amazing. I appreciate, you know, I appreciate your taste. That's why I'm bringing you on here. <laughs> Need your special set of skills for all that good stuff. All right, we're just going to jump right into things today. So the second episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier just dropped and finally got our backstory on Mr. John Walker, the fake Captain America, U.S. agent. And mm, they, U.S. agent. Usually yeah. U.S. agent. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because I noticed they gave him the A on his little uh, hat. Yeah. I like what they're doing with him so far. I really like the actor that's playing <laughs> him. I I think I think he's doing a great job. He's right doing now. an amazing job. He's doing I his hate job. him. I, I hate, hate him. him so much. Like I really hate him, but he's doing a great job, honestly. Like if we all hate him this much, he does a great job. It's true. It's true. I just love- a reminder. Just a reminder. Let's not bully the actor because yeah. he's doing an amazing job. Yeah. And it's Kurt Russell's son, isn't it? It's Kurt Russell's son. That's yeah, great. Wyatt Russell. I know. I, That's awesome. Exactly. Father, son, and there's nepotism yeah. in the MCU. That's of what we're learning. Yeah, I really like, I, I like what they're doing with him. I'm sure, I don't think he's going to be, I think he'll be more of an antagonistic role as the show oh, yeah, goes on. Yeah. I don't think he'll be the main villain, but I think he's definitely going to be more of like a... Um, I don't know. I think he will be the main villain eventually. Yeah, it's possible. I think what might happen is they might take away the villains that we have right now, the super soldiers, Uh and have him maybe become like a big, like bad super soldier, like like literally fighting Captain America as like Chris Evans back then. That's true. That's true. I could definitely see that. That's true. I guess my thing is they introduced Zemo at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen since Civil War. And honestly, I don't blame you if uh, I don't blame anyone who forgets him because Civil War, there's already enough stuff that happened in that movie. He was a great villain. He was good, but the problem is there's just way too much going on in that movie for you to be like, Zemo! Yeah. My favorite MCU villain. It's like nobody said that. Right. Yeah, but uh, uh, U.S. agent, I, I I like where they're taking him. I yeah. appreciate that you see where he's coming from. Like mm-hmm. in his mind, he's doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everything he's saying is just like setting him back. It's like, like like at first you see like you're kind of getting like this side of him that's like, okay, well he's not too bad. Like I could right. kind of like him. But by the end of it, you're like, oh no. I definitely hate this guy. Still, <laughs> he's still a terrible human being. I can't do this. I can't like. He's he's very um, egotistical, I yeah. guess, kind yeah. of. And I think we're outfitted not to like him because mm-hmm. he's replacing Chris Evans. Yeah, it's yeah. like, listen, man, we love Steve Rogers. We love our cap. Who the heck is this guy? Yeah. I appreciate the fact that they're... He's not as, like... You know, he's not totally one-dimensional evil, is all I'm saying. Like, yeah. he's got... I think they'll do it, though, because I, I think they'll make him that. Just they will! That's, that's Marvel. <laughs> all I'm saying is, I I was just surprised yeah. that they gave him the depth. 
in that first little bit of the episode. And I, he's got what was his partner's name? Battlestar? It was I, something really stupid. Oh, I was like, yeah. I don't know what I they're aiming no for idea. here. I know we're not fit to talk about it, but I feel like we could. We could talk about the whole new the the racial issues that like the Yeah, what do you think? What do you I think? I think that is one of the the best choices that the MCU could have done, yep. especially for this show. Of course. Involving the Falcon and stuff. Perfect. Oh yeah. There's, especially there, for this time. There was, I was reading some article uh a few days ago about how the Marvel executives were screened an episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the scene where Falcon uh couldn't get a bank loan for on his house mm-hmm. yeah. like made all the executives like really nervous. Oh yeah, it's it's really <laughs> crazy, right? And uh, it, it it reminds me. I think I said this last episode, but it reminds me of like I I one of the things I appreciate about uh superhero stories is I I I tend to lean more toward like the more human characters and like their human problems. Like mm-hmm. for example, Spider Man, he's a kid. Yeah. Sometimes he has to pay rent. Like sometimes he misses a class. Sometimes he fails a a, yeah. a test or something like that. You know, Falcon. He's saving the day, but at the end of the day, he can't get a loan on his house. And it, it just humanizes them in a very specific way. And yeah. with Bucky and his therapy and, like, yeah, obviously... that's another great thing. Right, his like. PTSD. And I will say, I think there were a little too... Like, there was a few jokes made at therapy's expense yeah. in the second episode that I wasn't big on. It was a funny scene. I hope they don't push it, though. I hope, right. I, I hope, hope the therapy thing kind of slowly dies out. Like, I love the storyline stuff. I feel like they're gonna push it too far, though. They're right. Gonna, like, just it was it was funny much. this one time, but if they keep going to therapy and like just kind of making fun of it, I'm, yeah. I'm not. Gonna if they keep that. bringing back the woman, like the doctor, like uh, like over and over again, mm-hmm. it's gonna feel very repetitive. Yeah. But if they bring back the the guy that uh, he killed his son, mm-hmm. if they bring back him again, that's that'll oh, be right. a good choice for them to do. Yeah, that. I don't I don't know where they're taking that. And then the other thing that I noticed. The leader of the, what's their name? The Flag Smashers? Freedom Smashers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever they're called. Yeah, Flag The Smashers. Revolutionaries. Their leader was the same girl in Solo. Uh, she I was didn't the chick. That. Yeah, she was the chick wearing the mask with, like, the horns that Woody Harrelson was fighting in Solo. And they're the same character. Yeah, someone, uh, someone else told me that. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen. I'm good that she's getting roles. She's doing a good job. But I just thought it was amusing. Um... But I, the action scenes are still very exciting. The truck chase fight thing, that was... I was upset that Bucky and, and uh, the Falcon were both kind of... Or Sam were both kind of, like, weak in that in that fight. They didn't... Yeah, they... They th- seemed so weak. I know they're super soldiers, <laughs> but come on. Bucky's a super soldier, too. Right, so right. Like, I don't know. That felt weird to me, but, you know, I don't got care. Metal arm. Those are nitpicks. Those of are roles. Of course. Nitpicks. Yeah, and I, I'm happy that they're finally together and, you know, the buddy comedy can... Low. Yeah. Um, I do wish they entered like I, the first episode was obviously the two sending the two of them up separately. Yeah. And the second episode really like brings them together like really fast, really a little too fast for mm-hmm. my liking. I would have preferred five minutes where it says, "Hey, here's Bucky go getting here," instead yeah. of "Oh, they're here," and now they're off. It's like, all right, yeah. Just take it slow. I know you have six six episodes, eight episodes, six episodes. Six episodes. Yeah, yeah. You've only got six episodes. We're only a third through the show now, and I understand they got to keep things moving. But it, that that moment, I was like, oh, they're together. Yeah. But, and anyhow. we talked about the therapy a little bit, but like, I still like the, there was this one line, and I know a lot of people have been talking about it that Bucky said, and it was like something like, 
Well, if Steve was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. Oh, yeah. About, like, how he can be redeemed yeah. and is, like, not being a killer anymore. I loved that line. Yeah. That was my favorite line in the entire... That's my favorite line in the entire show so far. There you go. Because it just... It sums up what Bucky's going through right. as a whole and what he's been going through for a long right. time. So I think that's a great line. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, just in, just in terms of storytelling, how those three characters, Captain America, Bucky, and the Winter... Uh, no, Bucky and the Winter Soldier. No. Yeah. Bucky and the Falcon... You know, the three of them were kind of the head of their own movie, and now all of a sudden you're taking one of them out of the picture. And it's seeing, like, all right, these two people had a mutual friend, like someone they really cared about. Now they're, I mean, they're... They They didn't interact much either. Right, They interacted a little bit, but, like, not much. And that's why I'm appreciating this show. It's because they're putting these two characters who we haven't seen a lot of, and just kind of putting them together and just kind of running away with the whole thing. It's a buddy it's, cop story. It's so. the same thing with WandaVision. Like, exactly. they put these two characters that, like, we've gotten a little bit of screen time with Wanda more than Vision. But, like, yes. these two characters that we do sort of like, but now we're, we're like, they're elevated to, like, a whole new level now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, obviously these Disney Plus shows, they've got their budget behind them. But if they keep turning out projects like this on their Disney Plus show, they're killing it. Oh yeah, they're killing I, it. I agree. Because what's next? Loki. Loki. Right? Yeah, and that's not. I mean, and then like, that's or, no, no, no. Good. What if I think is next? Actually, oh, the animated show. Yeah, that, that looks might fun. be next. That yeah. looks fun. I don't expect that to be like on the level of like a one division or probably the Winter Soldier, but nah. I think it will be fun. Yeah, it'll um, be a good show. Yeah, but overall, I think second episode very good. Uh, Did you think it was better than the first episode? As uh, pacing wise, yes. However, I do think. I like. I prefer the first episode just because it was character driven, and I get that. I like the character. I like. I I lean toward the more character stuff than the plot stuff. But the plot I stuff liked, is good. I actually liked this one a little bit more, though. Actually, it's understandable. I, I kind of liked it just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, that's respectable. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Zemo. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, he's up to no good. Started making trouble in the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, it'll be interesting to see where this show uh, pans out from. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, movie of the week. Today, we have watched a very, very, very good movie called The Prestige. And The Prestige is directed by Christopher Nolan, and it has Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine, uh, Rebecca Hall, and David Bowie, A-list cast. But, yeah, man. So, you haven't seen this movie before. I never saw it. Like, I literally have it on Blu-ray. Wow. Like, in my room right now. And I just never watched it wow. and until now. Shame I just, on you. No, I, I just now <laughs> saw it. That's fair, man. Well, first impressions right off the bat. And this will be a spoiler discussion, by the way. This movie can be spoiled. So please, if you haven't seen this movie, just watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. And then you can come right back and listen to us talk about it. It'd be hard not to spoil it. Exactly. It's really It'd be hard so not, hard spoil not it. to. Um, before we get into it, I'm going to give a uh, synopsis. Yeah. Just to, uh, for those who haven't seen it, just so they know what's going on. After a tragic accident, two stage magicians engage in a battle to create the ultimate illusion while sacrificing everything they have to outwit each other. Yeah, I mean, you know, that yeah. sums up the entire movie. Yeah. All right, man. So, what did you think? What were your What were your first impressions on the Prestige? Uh, okay. So, I love number one. I loved it, but oh, yeah. before I say anything about like what I actually loved about the movie, I have to give props to the casting director. Oh yeah, that everyone is the best cast uh, that I've seen in a long time. It's so it's so strange because this movie didn't do well in two thousand six, but I guarantee you, if you release this movie now, oh, yeah. with that cast. It would have done amazing. Oh, yeah. Especially, 
especially now that I isn't David David Bowie's dead, right? No, David yeah. Bowie's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that he's gone and stuff like that, seeing him on the screen and stuff like that, and seeing him play such an iconic character, right. Like of Tesla, that's so good. He did a really he good job too. Great. You can't tell it's David Bowie until like the cast list shows up, and you're like, oh my god, yeah, that's David Bowie. That was nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's got Andy Serkis, too. Uh, yeah, in a non-CGI yeah. role. Mm-hmm. Unless he was the cat. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he was great. Uh, everyone in this movie is great. Who do you think, who gave the best performance? Oh, man. So, I like, I paused, like, halfway through. And, like, I had to go back and forth on it because I was doing things. But, like, halfway through, I was going to say Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. But then by the end of it, I was like, Christian Bale yeah. did a much better job because he he like he did the plot twist so well with yes. Christian Bale that like it worked so well. So. Right, right. And I think one of the things I appreciate about the Prestige, and I, I there's a lot of movies like this that do this as well. But I really appreciate movies where they start out and you're rooting for one character, mm-hmm. and then as the movie goes on, you don't know who to root for anymore because you're yeah. like, okay. You know, we got Hugh Jackman, and he lost his wife, and oh my god, like, I, I'm on his side. But then he keeps going, like, further and further with it, and then Christian Bale just keeps going further and further with his trick. Oh, yeah. And you are you don't know who to root for, and by the end, like, I'm kind of on Bale's side, just because yeah. he's got the daughter, and I'm like... Oh, least... yeah. I think that's what Nolan was trying to do. Right, right. But I appreciate a movie that you're not entirely sold on, really, any of them, until the very end, and you're yeah. like, okay, I think I made my decision. I know who I'm rooting for. The thing is, is that I the one of the, I only had a couple questions by the end of it. Of course. And the main question was, what knot did he tie? I so here's what the thing. What knot did he tie? I know the, the whole. So for those who haven't seen it, there's a trick in the very beginning where Hugh Jackman's wife goes into this water tank, and they tie a knot around her wrists and her ankles and her ankles. And so the trick is she's supposed to get out of it. We never see why, and I like that. Mm-hmm. But Christian Bale's the one who ties the knot on her. And they keep saying that, oh my gosh, you know, if you can do this knot, it'll hold tighter. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman's like, no, 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 it'll be dangerous. And so they never show you which knot he ties, but it eventually leads to the wife's death. Like, you give him, they give like a little, they give you a camera look of, right. like, of what he's doing. And you see him tie one sort of knot, but then like they look at each other, like him and uh, Christian Bale and his wife look at, or Hugh Jackman's, Jackman's wife. wife. Yeah, they look at each other, kind of give each other a little nod, signifying I thought it was to do the other type of nod, but then like I I don't know which nod it is. Right, and something that helps on rewatch is the fact that I don't think either. I mean, we're getting into full spoilers now because uh, it's revealed that Christian Bale's character, uh, well, there's they're twins. There's identical two of them. twins. Right, yeah. identical twins. Uh, so there's two of them, and there's lines in the movie that go like, "Oh, half of me thought that I swore to tie, that I swore I yeah. tied the easy knot, and half of me said I tied the hard knot." And uh. they, they, dude, you need to rewatch this movie because they, it, it's one of those things, and I think this is intentional because once you know the trick of the movie, yeah, going back on it, you, it's completely spelled out. For mm-hmm. you. You're, you can tell which Christian male is talking to which person. You can tell. Yeah. Who's interacting with Christian Bale's wife, played by Rebecca Hall? You can tell which Christian Bale is acting with uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. Yes, you can tell, and I think it's brilliant because it's very subtle, and it's something you won't notice. And that's the prestige of the yeah. movie, but you won't notice it until they give it away. Yeah, because if like like if you haven't seen it, obviously, which why are you still listening? But exactly. anyway, if you haven't seen it, it says he says that um, one half of him loved his wife, Christian Bale. One half of him loved his wife. And the other half of him 
loved um, the other, like Scarlett Johansson. Right. Because they were having like an affair or something like that. Yeah. And so, uh, like, I was remembering the movie and stuff. So I was thinking, like, whenever they were arguing, that could have been one half of him. Whenever, like, he was saying that he loves her, like, it was because she kept saying um, over and over again, do you really mean that? And then she told him if, like, she right. believed She's or not. Like, some days you mean it, some days you don't. You're so like, that's, oh. like, really, really interesting to yeah. see. So, yeah. And I think there's something, that, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the way this movie is structured. And it does take a little bit to get into it because Nolan, he loves playing with time. Yeah. That's, you know, that's the thing he holds most dear. But there's, like, three separate timelines going on when the movie begins. There's Hugh Jackman in Colorado with Andy Serkis mm. and David Bowie. There's the past before that with how, kind of how Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale became rivals. And then there's after Colorado where Christian Bale's in jail for murdering. Yeah, it's like the present, I guess. Right, the present. But he's playing with time really well, but I think it's structured really well as far as the storytelling goes because... You're able, it's just, the information is given to you at just the right time. And I really appreciate that. I agree. Because again, the entire movie relies on these little details. And at the end, they finally like give you the code to get the whole picture. And by the time you get the whole picture, you know, your mind's blown up. You're like, oh my God. At the beginning, I was kind of confused, honestly. Like, cause like you said, like there were three separate, like kind of time, time timelines, I guess, or whatever. Right. Um, so I was a little bit confused by that because I was wondering like what was going like who was where right. and when and stuff like that. But once he wrapped it memento. up, <laughs> yeah, once he wrapped it up all together, I was like, oh, this is this makes a lot more sense. I understand it. Now. Right, it's something that you just gotta stick with, and yeah. even if you're confused at the end, there's always Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I literally watched a YouTube video. I mean, I understood the ending, but right. I wanted no, to see because I was like, is there another trick hidden in the trick that we already just saw? Right. And so um, I was looking at that because at the very, very, very last second of the movie, it pans over to one of Hugh Jackman's uh, clones. clones or whatever. Yeah. And there's a little tiny air bubble inside of is the, really? in the water. Interesting. Like, a I think it's a little tiny bubble that's floating up. But I was like, oh, that's probably nothing. No. But it was like, dead. what if it was something? How cool would that be? That'd be, that might be a twist. That'd be too, huge too many. Meta. But that'd be giant meta. That'd be insane. No, and I think the whole thing, the, for the prestige overall, is about like obsession and how far you're willing to go to get satisfaction. And in yeah. this case, both of them essentially are putting themselves in physical danger for the art. Because yeah. Christian Bale, uh, there's a moment about. I don't know, a third of the way through the movie where he loses two of his fingers in a bullet catching accident. Yep. And it's revealed that because he had a double, the double had to cut his own fingers off as well. And by the way, the way they edited that, the way they like, they cut it just when the thing was about to hit his fingers. I was like, ah, Uh but, uh, and I mean, it's PG 13. So, you know, you don't see anything too bad, but just the way, the way that, that works out. I just find, I find it so masterful. And I think that, you know, Nolan, he, he, he's, some people say he's overrated, and I think to some certain I agree as far as storytelling goes, because not yeah. all the scripts are amazing. Yeah. However, I think you can't deny the fact that he's a visionary, and I think this movie, it's just so weird because it came out in the middle of Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, Yeah, and I think it just kind of got forgotten in that shuffle, and it's a shame, because I think this is one of my favorites. I, I can understand that. It's not one of my favorite Nolan films, because I got like Inception, Interstellar, and Dark Knight up there for okay. my top three. All right. But this is probably my number four, okay. at least, because I I love the cast. The story was great. Okay. I mean, everything that we already talked about, it was just all really, really great. Right. 
I just love all those three films more. Sure. Um, like, just on a whole nother level, I love those three yeah, films. Yeah, and this is not, like, Nolan is not stretching his big budget tendencies with mm-hmm. this one. Because with something like The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises and Inception, Interstellar, Tenet, Dunkirk, he utilized, like, IMAX. And I feel like that's why The Prestige doesn't feel that way, because I don't yeah. think The Prestige uh, used IMAX at all. But those movies feel, like, so bigger than life, and it's, like, everyone's running everywhere, and the prestige is, like, hey, it's just little, like, costume drama about, yeah. like, magic and stuff, and you're, like, oh, all right. There's, like, no, like, there's no action scene. There's right. no there's... big thing to do. Right. And I think one of, that's one of the things why it didn't do so great in, like, the box office or right. anything. It doesn't, it doesn't have any huge appeal to it's it. It's hard to market this movie, it I'd is. say. Because, it's, again, you don't yeah. want to give away anything. Exactly. Like, I, even, like, reading the synopsis, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not, because it just seemed so hard for me to comprehend, like, right. how I'm going to like this film. Right. And I think something that Nolan has done really well, especially in his marketing, he never gives any of his stuff away. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've seen the promotional materials for something like Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Tenet, Dunkirk, you have no idea what you're walking into, aside from, uh, it's a Nolan movie. Yeah. And I think, to that extent, it helps, but it also hurts back in this time frame, where he wasn't as high profile as he is now. Yeah, what what movies did he do before this, though? Following was his first movie in the 90s, then Memento, which is amazing, Insomnia, which was in the, uh, 2002, and then Batman Begins. So he had four movies? Yeah, four mm-hmm. movies before them. Yeah, I can understand. This is, like, yeah. mid-career Nolan, I, I mean, at this point in time. Yeah, this is Nolan before all the huge budget movies and stuff like exactly. that. Yeah, so I can understand why this one definitely didn't do as well. Did he get it nominated for anything? Uh, uh, for the prestige yeah it got nominated for best cinematography and best production design definitely deserves production design oh yeah and i think it's shot really well too so I, you I know agree yeah it's the same guy who shot like a lot of his movies so mm-hmm. and i was you know what i was most surprised by the score is really good but it's not Hans zimmer it's very subtle. it sounds so much like Hans zimmer because he's got the violins and they're like no 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 and i'm like oh my gosh yeah. but it's not zimmer it's just some guy and i'm like is nolan does he have a hand in the soundtracks he creates? But Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about soundtracks. I, I hope Nolan doesn't have a huge play in the soundtracks because his most recent soundtracks have been hey, overpowering on the movies. Tenet soundtrack slapped, but it was it mixed sucks, poorly. But it's so... It was mixed poorly. Yeah, it was horribly mixed. Yeah. 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 You couldn't tell what characters are saying. I actually I watched Tenet with a closed caption machine oh, and I was so fine. Cool. I was fine. I know. Look at me. But yeah, man, I think and actually, I think this is, like, the darkest ending that Nolan has put out. Because every time, like, I've seen this movie maybe more than ten times at this point. But every time the movie ends with that shot of Hugh Jackman in the uh, aquarium glass, my heart just, like, drops. I'm like, mm-hmm. and I mean, the amount of people, or the amount of clones, I guess. That right, because how many, is... how many shows did they say he was doing for the I last one? I don't remember one? how many shows, but I mean, based on, like, the amount of cases that we saw, it was right. at least, like, 20. Yeah, and he was doing it every night. And I think what's, and it does get a little paradoxical, but you never know. I, I like the fact that you never know, like, which one's the real him. Because, like, is it? And they're all the real him. Exactly. But, like they're not exactly yeah so it's like really interesting and it it seems together the you know the magic side of things and then the sci-fi like it seems those together really well because if you if you walked up to someone on the street you'd be like yeah there's this movie about magic tricks and then there's like cloning involved people would be like oh that sounds dumb but i think they they integrate it really well 
Yeah, because I mean, they. I mean, they, I like the fact that they brought in Tesla and stuff like that. Like, right? It was rooted. In it was rooted scientist. in history. Yeah. You know, like and it's fantastical, but there, there's a lot of lines in the movie about how uh, Tesla and Edison are kind of at a head with yeah. each other. And, you know, that impacts the plot in a few ways as well. But I think it, it does a good job just kind of mixing all this stuff together. It's like, okay. The, this... the, the time definitely helped. Making it back in, like, back in the 1800s, or I think that's what it was, right? Right. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what helped it, honestly. If it was anywhere later than the 1800s, it'd be hard to be like, oh, yeah, so this would actually happen and right. stuff. Like, right. Like, but with the limits now. in technology at that time, I think everyone... They even said in the movie, like, people were looking for some sort of escape in the magic that they were uh, yeah. watching. And I think this there's, like, a line in there when Hugh Jackman first does his teleporting trick. To that guy, and he's like, oh my gosh, forgive me, like, I've never seen real magic before. Yeah. I like that line. I don't really know if I can explain why. But it's just, like, someone with the dumbfounded shock of, like, oh my gosh, how did he do that? Mm-hmm. I just like that whole thing. Yeah, that was good. Um, I also like the scene where... He's trying to actually do the um, the teleporting man trick for the first time, but he's doing it with the duplicate. Oh, the, yeah, the drunk Hugh Jackman duplicate. The, the, the drunk yeah. Hugh Jackman, yeah. I liked that scene a lot because I liked when he the real him was underneath mm-hmm. the stage and he was just looking out to the crowd. Yeah, and they're he not applauding him, arms. they're applauding his... Yeah, he yeah. opens his arms and he takes a bow. It's just, it's, it's I thought that was it's really It's heartbreaking because you're like, oh, man, like, this is what this guy is striving for. Yeah. That yeah, the whole situation with uh, Hugh Jackman's fake double freaks me out because the mm. whole like, oh, you know, I can I can sabotage him like yeah. as someone who suffers from stage fright like that just terrifies me because that's yeah. just like the absolute worst case scenario oh, where yeah. something like that could happen. I'm like, ah! the but, the thing that I liked about that scene too is also the fact like I know he's not going for it. It just reminded me of the fact that. All these people that are behind the scenes, they don't get any sort of recognition whatsoever. Right. So they're the people that are behind, like, underneath the stage, kind of taking their little bow and right. stuff when they come watch this movie and stuff. So I thought that was great. I know he's not going for that kind of symbolism, but I took it as that kind you of would, way. You would definitely take it in that kind of symbolism, for Yeah, sure. so I really, really liked that. Yeah, and I think, I again, all the cast is really great. I think Christian Bale, because he's playing two characters very subtly... I think he's probably the MVP, but this is one of my favorite Hugh Jackman performances as well. Yeah, well, he also, yeah, he also kind of played two characters as well. Uh, you, you're right, he did. So he, did. he played the drunk him and the normal him exactly. for the majority of it. You're so. right, yeah. And I think I've gone on record to say that I absolutely despise The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. However, you can see that's some of his good, tendencies. That's a good performance, though. Right. No, no, he's good in The Greatest yeah, Showman. Yeah. But I'm saying I can see the similarities between his performance in The Prestige and his performance in The Greatest Showman. Yeah. Because they, and I think this is one of Hugh Jackman's strengths, is because he's done theater before, so he knows the theatricality yeah. um, of a role. And they play that up in the movie where it's like, hey, Christian Bale, he's got the ma- he's got the cool magic tricks, but he doesn't know magic. how to present them. Yep. And Hugh Jackman... He doesn't really have the magic tricks, but he knows how to present them. It's yeah, they they say like Christian Bale, he's got he's a better magician, but he has no showmanship. Right. Hugh Jackman has showmanship, even though he's not like not near as good of a magician. Exactly. So that that was great. Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, I love Michael Caine. I'll watch Michael Caine. This was one of my favorite performances by Michael He's Caine. really great in this he's movie. He's great in yeah. this movie. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I think I, I think I'd probably agree with you. He's really good. He's the almost like the Switzerland of the movie, where obviously it takes sides every now and then. But I feel like he's the most like even grounded, like moral person in that movie. Yeah, like he was usually on on Jackman's side, right until the end, where he's he's looking out for Bale and mm-hmm. his kid. Yeah, yeah, at the end, yeah, which 
I understood. That's why I was kind of on Bale's side. I was kind of wherever Michael Caine was. Wherever Michael Caine was, that's where I'm Lesson in life. Always be on Michael Caine's side. I will say, I love the casting. There's one actress that I did not like. Scarlett Johansson? I loved her. No. Oh, okay. It was Rebecca Hall. Okay. I didn't like her. She seemed... This this feels a little mean, but she just kind of seemed blah to me. Okay, I'm not. I I wouldn't go as far to say she's great, but I, I I can see where you're. I can see where you're coming from. Like I don't know. I didn't feel much whenever she popped on screen, and I just or like I just kind of didn't feel much from her. That's fair. That's fair. I, I and then she dies. You know? <laughs> so yeah. feel good. And then she dies. I was like, oh, okay. Well, geez, I feel terrible. That right. sucks. I feel bad for being mean about that. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. And I think this is a good job. Of showing kind of the consequences of both of their actions have consequences in their personal social lives. Mm -hmm. Because with the stuff that Christian Bale's doing, obviously it absolutely destroys his relationships with both Scarlett Johansson and Rebecca Hall. And Hugh Jackman, like, he can't move on from his wife's death. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I, to some extent, I don't blame him. But again, he's going too far. There are moments in the movie where he could have walked away. He could have. And he didn't. And, you know, eventually that led to his downfall. It's the fact that whenever he got into a situation like with a money situation right. or um, not having an audience to show his magic and stuff like that, like whenever he got in that situation, he'd go straight back to the obsession of like of going for Christian Bale. Right. Like it was immediately back to that. So, yeah. I mean, I think he would never, ever have ended it. Like unless both of, unless he found out like that both of them died or whatever. Like right. That. Like, I mean. It was never going to end, so... Exactly. Uh, you know, it had to end some way. Yeah. But, yeah, man. As far as the reading goes, what's your, what's your, what's your reading? Uh, this is definitely a solid 10 out of 10 for Attaboy, me. It, it was really, really, really good. Yes, I agree. This is one of my favorite Nolans. Uh, 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10, whatever. Uh, yeah. Whatever reading scale you use, it's at yeah. the tip of the top. I, I gotta put this on Letterbox soon because I I haven't put it on Letterbox yet, so I gotta do that. You haven't put a lot of things on Letterbox. I, <laughs> I need to put a lot of things on Letterbox right now. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I'm messing with you. No worries, man. Take that as you will. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, man. I appreciate you uh, coming on. Is there anything you want to plug? I mean, I'll, okay, I'll just plug it. Um, I got a Twitch channel, so the username is Jake Barbarash. I'm going to spell that out because my name is very weird. That's true. So it's Jake, no space, B-A-R-B-A-R-A-S-H. Yeah. And so that's all I'm going to plug. Adam Boy. Well, Jake, thank you for coming on. Uh, we appreciate uh, having you here. It was fun. Hopefully I can come back sometime. Absolutely. We'd love you having you back. Uh, that's going to do it for the second episode of The Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Ward. Next week, we'll be talking about... The 2016 Suicide Squad. Uh, Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, Make sure to spread the word around. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you later.